Chapter 27 The Court Poets Parak parak here comes the court poets the royal bards those eminent men whose knowledge of divine tamil is as boundless as the oceans the distinguished descendants of great sage agastyar who have read the numerous pages of classics such as tolkapiyam end to end who have well nigh gobbled up epics like silappadikaram who know more about the renowned tirukkural than its very author who may prescribe the rules of grammar to literature who will quote classics until the world's end to grammarians who despite all these fantastic qualifications can actually compose verses on their own the truth of their talent lies in the fact that millions of termites may subsist for centuries on their numerous wonderful and timeless creations these superbly talented men now gathered in a group before the chakravarti and chorused in one voice valga long live the emperor who rules over the seven worlds long live sundara chodar who brought pandyan to his knees may he who guards and cherishes poets live long may the grandson of pandita vatsalar the illustrious emperor parandaga chodar a royal patron of arts flourish forever and ever judging by the expression on sundara chodar's face he was not very happy with these grandiloquent expressions but his natural courtesy and breeding made him attempt to rise and welcome them chinna palavettariyar observing this stepped forward prabhu our poet's intention was not to discommode you in any way but rather to seek an audience with your gracious majesty i pray that you lie in repose and not inconvenience yourself Indeed, yes, O King of Kings," exclaimed Nallan Sadhanar, obviously the leader of the poetic group. "Never shall it be said that we were the cause of your Majesty's agitation." "I am very glad to see you, of course, after such a long time," acknowledged the Emperor, who cherished a great fondness for Tamil. "I should be happy to listen to a few verses, if you will." The group sat down on the jewel-toned jamkalam. the carpet laid in front of the throne vandyatevan decided to seize the chance and took his seat among them as well his message was not complete and he did not really want to leave if he could have another chance at delivering it fully chinna palavettariyar saw him and his ire rose it took a great deal of self control to push down the fury that threatened to consume him but he did it his first instinct was to send the insolent boy out but then wise counsel prevailed he would have more scope to understand the upstart's intentions if he were right here under his nose so to speak very well he would appear to ignore him for a while but once these dratted poets left he would seize upon him and know exactly what tales he had been telling the emperor danger abhayam the young man's voice rang in his ears even now <laughs> my good friends i have not had the pleasure of your company in a long while my years hunger for the taste of beautiful tamil verses began sundara choda have any of you written a new song perhaps at once one of the many masters of poetry gathered sprung up prabhu this servant comes to your feet from the buddhist palli the monastery in ulagapuram that carries your illustrious name and brings you welcome news 
the monks are delighted beyond measure at your magnanimous grants at the nobility of a saivite who shows wealth on their madams they are however grieved to know of your ill health and have been praying endlessly for your recovery your gracious majesty must permit me to recite one of their verses by all means i am waiting to hear it assented the emperor the poet obliged at once with a simple song that exulted in the grace and compassion of sundara chodar king of nandipuri and prayed that his strength large heartedness and beauty live long bodhiyan tirunilal punida nilparavudum medagu nandipuri mannar sundara chodar vanmayum vanappum tinmayum ulagil sirandu vaalginave excellent excellent his compeers erupted in praise once the poem ended it is indeed astonishing that buddhist man should be capable of such gratitude wondered one particularly staunch saivite poet true for the service i rendered the ulagapuram buddhist monastery was meager in my opinion admitted the emperor ah never that sire who among us who has experienced her majesty's compassion and bounty can help but sing its praise by even indra lord of the devas the sun god and shiva peruman have known that great felicity put forward one worthy but how is this an amused smile twisted sundara chodar's lips surely all these divine entities could not have had occasion to find themselves beholden to me your majesty must permit me to recite this poem requested the bard certainly indiran yera kari alithar pariyal alithar sendiru meeni dinagarukku சிவனார் மனத்து பைந்து இளேற பல்லக்களித்தார் பழையாறை நகர் சுந்தர சோழரை யாவரொப்பார்கள் இத்தொன்னிலத்தே எக்ஸலண்ட் மாவலஸ் த கோட் எக்கோட் வித் லவுட் அப்ளாஸ் அ கிரேட் மெனி சைன்ஸ் ஆஃப் அ சென்ட் அண்ட் நியூமரஸ் எக்ஸ்கிளமேஷன்ஸ் ஆஃப் அப்ரூவல் அட் திஸ் எக்ஸ்ட்ராவிகண்ட் வேர்ஸ் சுந்தர சோழர் லுக்ட் அட் தம் ஐஸ் பிரைட் வித் எமோஷன் could one of you please elaborate on this song's meaning many rose at the same time and for a while a confused babble grew until everyone except nallan sadhana took their seats again the poet then began to explain once indra lord of the celestial devas was engaged in furious battle with the demon vridhasuran so fiercely raged the combat that the deva actually lost his famed and powerful elephant airavadam he searched high and low for a suitable replacement but could not seem to find a single one in the whole world finally desperate for a mount he came down to emperor sundarachodar of padayare and petitioned him for an elephant that was as powerful as his lost mount to which the gracious emperor replied that he was very sorry but there was none that was equal to the great airavadam but i have a great many that are far superior and he led the way to his elephant enclosure where stood thousands of magnificent animals like large dark hillocks devendran stared at them at a loss of words for he knew not which to choose sundarachodar took pity on the stupefied lord of the devas and chose an elephant himself but indra was struck again by anxiety how was he ever going to ride such a mammoth not even his famed vajrayudham his signature weapon could control such a mount 
and then emperor sundarachoda came to his rescue yet again and gifted him with the splendid gourd as well to assist him yet another yet another time the sun god surya bhagavan who rules the sky with his dazzling red and gold rays was bound in fierce combat with the dreaded snake king rahu the evil demon tried his best to swallow surya in one gulp but the god's brilliant beams almost blinded him and he could not his terrible venom kalakudi did however kill all seven horses harnessed to the sun god's chariot and surya bhagwan stood bewildered for how was he to shower his rays upon the world every day without chariot and trusty steeds and then Emperor Sundarachodar, the very epitome of compassion, approached him with seven of his best stallions and requested him to nurture the world with his life-giving light. Surya Bhagwan duly appreciated this signal service from one who was his own regal descendant. And there is the time when Shiva Peruman and his divine consort. Parvati Devi were to be wedded in their heavenly abode of Kailasam. The bride's party arrived with her sirvarisai, the traditional elaborate wedding gifts that usually accompany the new wife, save for one thing, a palanquin. The entire bridal party broke out in worried speech. Soon a wedding procession would have to take place and there was nothing except for the bull for the newly married couple to ride in sundarachodar who learnt of this situation sent at once for his pearl encrusted palanquin from pariyari with great deference and devotion due to god he made a present of it on the occasion of shiva peruman's own wedding who i ask you can possibly be the equal of emperor sundarachodar for compassion and benevolence in this vast world surrounded by roaring ocean <laughs> said sundarachodar listening to this involved and colorful explanation broke into a merry peal of laughter long months of illness and suffering had lined his worn face Not even his consort, Empress Vanavan Madhavi, had heard him utter a chuckle in all this time. Her husband's joy served to lift her sagging spirits a little. Even her maids and assistants were cheered at the sight. Chinna Padavettarayar, who had remained standing all this while, now stepped forward. "I believe I have committed a grievous error," he said, bringing his palms together. "Will your Majesty forgive me?" "Ah, oh, is that Tanjay's commander?" Now what is this heinous error for which you beg my pardon perhaps you snatched the elephant and horses i graciously donated to both indra and surya bhagwan <laughs> or is it the palanquin that you looted from poor shiva peruman's bright treasures <laughs> you are capable of such devious acts you know <laughs> and the emperor was consumed by mirth again This time the court poets joined him but it was Vandiyatevan perhaps who seemed to appreciate the joke a little too much and laughed the most 
Chinna Padavetariyar noticed it and sent a scorching glance in his direction before turning to the emperor again. My mistake, your majesty, was this. I gave a great deal of credence to the royal physicians all this while and kept our poets from visiting you. I believed their company would be detrimental, but I was mistaken. Their presence amuses you. This court has witnessed your laughter after eons, I should think. Even the gracious empress Udaya Pirati and her maids smile at your happiness, and I delight in it as well. It was an unforgivable crime, was it not, to have prevented such a pleasurable exercise all this while? You make an excellent point, Commander, and have proven the truth of my words as well. I did ask, did I not, to disregard the physicians and allow the court poets to meet me? instead of barricading me against them the royal physician judged this the right moment to rise cover his mouth with his palms in extreme deference and launch into a long and involved explanation but the emperor did not seem very interested in it instead he turned towards the poets does anyone here know the creator of such a wonderful verse he asked do tell me if you do Ah, now that is what we could never find out," lamented Nallan Sadhanar. "Sire, if we ever do, we have resolved to award him the grand title, the Chakravarti of Poetry, and carry him around in a decorated palanquin on our very shoulders. Alas, our efforts have so far yielded no results." <laughs> Not surprising in the least," was Sundarachodar's sardonic reply. any poet who can possibly stack so many outrageous lies one upon another in these silly verses certainly wouldn't be willing to reveal his identity would he the poets stared at one another nonplussed at this remark not one of them could think of a suitable reply it was at this moment that our vandya tevan threw himself valiantly into the breach ah prabhu they are not quite lies After all, should ordinary people utter such things, they are classified as rank falsehoods. But the very same statements made by royal strategists would be lauded cunning ruses worthy of Chanakya. As for bards, they would consider it imaginative and call it by various beautiful and confounding poetic terms such as ani alangaram or il poruluvamai. Excellent. The court poets turned towards him as one and expressed their approval in no uncertain terms. Well said, well said. The emperor stared at Vallabharayan as well. Ah, you are the young man who brought me an olay from Kanchi, are you not? Well, well. You certainly have rendered my arguments futile with your intelligent answer. Then he turned towards the poets. My learned friends, There is no need to expend a great deal of your valuable time in trying to find this elusive poet and confer upon him the title Chakravarti of poetry for he bears already the crushing weight of the Chola crown upon his head and struggles to live with titles such as emperor of three worlds or even worse seven worlds king of kings and other such grandiose appellations i am not sure he could survive one more <laughs>
and if i were to tell you dear readers that the poets who listened to this unexpected claim almost drowned in a sea of amazement well you simply have to believe it after all it could be my imaginative and creative turn of phrase and an example of various beautiful poetic terms such as il porulovamai or anigalangaram could it not hidden meanings and explanations kalki's notes in years bygone before the story took place the chola lands were once under pallava rule and palayarai was known by the name nandipuri this explains why sundara chola was sometimes referred to as king of nandipuri udaya pirati it was the custom sometimes to refer to the emperor's royal consort by this term